This is Hunter Muse. And this is Chris Snipes. And you are listening to The Melt. Today's episode is not only an extra one for this week, but a full-length one for the holidays. It comes out on Christmas Eve, Australian time, to mark the one-year anniversary of today's guest Elsa Dillon first going public with her and her family's story. It's quite an amazing tale, which includes contact with various entities, connecting with ancient Egyptian Queen Nefertiti, time travel, paranormal activity, alien craft, and so very much more. I start off the conversation by asking Elsa what set off all of the experiences that she and her family has had and continues to have for the past 10 years. Um, the Well, the, the biggest set off was... Uh, I would have to say meeting Richard, but the the event actually happened the day prior where I got electrocuted. <laughs> and so I thought that was the big day was mm-hmm. the, like in reflection over my life. But uh, in this last two or three years, uh, as we've been moving through the different realms and back and forth through time, we've realized that it's not just that moment, it's that moment, it's that moment, it's that moment. So Hunter just mentioned a few memories before and she keeps them on file. Well, I would call that uh, it's it's a it's a paused moment. It's a it's a collector point. They I call them collect collection points or moment collecting. Mm. Um that's what we call time traveling. And so that file that you have you remember that dream or you remember that moment or you remember that smell for a reason. So you can go back to that collection point and expand it. And then that's how our family class expansions. So you go back and you uh, reincarnate or remember or relive that moment and you expand it. So people always say to us, um, Time flies. The kids are about to leave home. I feel like it was a whirlwind. Well, to me, I feel like when we had our kids, that was 50 years ago, like Mm. the time, because it's so expanded. So my interpretation of one year is, is, feels like 40 compared to somebody else's. So, uh, 
time has really dissolved and every moment uh, I, I'm going, wow, that did not happen for no reason. That did not happen for no reason. I just didn't. When Sometimes when you have a moment, your frequency isn't ready to collect all the information. And um, you have to go a few more stages and collect things or have happenings or or space or time or more moments, and then you go back to that moment with a full knowledge of what that moment was a whole about. You could write a whole book about that one moment. <laughs> and uh, this is this is a very interesting practice, and I'm actually teaching others to do this because it does. It makes you more full. It brings you peace. It brings much, much healings, much healings, not only to yourself but to generations. It heals the land. Um, it heals uh, terminal illnesses we found. <laughs> it, it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty clever thing to be able to do, and we've been shown this through, through um, realizing. Uh, we call it a reincarnation because we don't have another word for it, but we um, we in 2012, I was in the mirror doing my hair mm -hmm. and I had a flashback to my childhood of the bust of Nefertiti. Mm. My father's Egyptian and... I realized I'm connected with this being, but I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know anything about Nefertiti or her family. And as um, the days progressed on, she kept uh, showing me things, showing me the connection. And uh, it wouldn't leave me alone. It actually was more like a haunting at first. <laughs> mm. in, and in, I'm sorry, go ahead. And in her realm... I was like a ghost and haunting to her as well. So this happened in 2012. It wasn't until about 2015. So again, I have to, having these experiences, but not understanding it. And I wasn't on social media, so I wasn't really being able to talk to anyone. Mm. We had just shifted to the country. So I had just had our eighth baby. Uh, so I didn't have a lot of people I could talk to except my, myself, Richard and the kids. Mm. Kids were the eldest child then was 10, down to baby. And I thought, is this just hormones? Am I going a little bit insane? Am I, is it because I'm a Gemini? <laughs> 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 Richard's always saying, Who am I talking to? Which one am I talking to? <laughs> and so I'm thinking, This is just getting escalated. Mm -hmm. So by 2012 to 2015, I'm starting to realize this is not. This is not going to go away. Right. So I learned how to do a regress through the internet, through a well-known hypnotist called Brian Weeks. So I watched his YouTube for 15 minutes, I think it was, and I thought I, I could do this. So I went and did it and instantly that was that was like a, a big turning point because um. Now I'm intentionally 
meeting up with her. This is not going to be random anymore. This is an intention. I'm going in to go, what's going on? Mm. So I met Neff and we then we started, it became a regular practice. So we would meet at first, we were ghosts to each other. Then we became orbs. Then we became lights. Uh, then then something, I don't know what happened, but we it just doesn't seem like that anymore. It was like that was the beginning stages. Now it's just where she's here, I'm here, she's here, there, I'm there. Is this a part of my imagination? I can't tell you. Is this really happening to me and my family? It is. Our family's connection through all this is they are exactly in the same order as that family was in that realm. Age-wise and, and sex-wise, right? Sex and age, yeah, as well as the husband. The personalities are very similar. Their hobbies are very similar. They had four drawers in the family. We have four drawers who draw the beings. They have two sons. We have two sons. <laughs> uh the similarities just keep going and going and going. It's just amazing. In to- Toot's turn, they find a sewing box. Our daughter, who's the electric one, is has a sewing business. She's had a sewing business from the age of 11. She has her own clothing company and she sells clothes. She's a designer. She has her own label, which I'm so proud of. I have yeah. to... Say anyone who wants to have a look at it, it's called Jinsky, and she she makes the most amazing corsets. Wow! Wow! From the eighteen hundreds. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So it doesn't sound so, like it was a frightening experience when you first had this interaction. Did did it seem like when it was at kind of the ghost stage? Did it seem like she had some trepidation or hesitation or was she open to this energy? She she was as confused as I was. Mm. She was as scared as I was. She needed the same proof, not only to herself, but to her family and to her husband. Mm. She also was the second wife, as I am with Richard. (laughs) which I find very entertaining. I'm sorry, I just find that so entertaining. <laughs> Richard's first wife was called Ilsa. <laughs> Interesting. Wild. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, the first wife disappeared as Richard's first wife disappeared as well. Very. It's very interesting. Wow. So why is this happening to our family I, could I have planned this? I don't think I can plan eight kids. I'm really not in that order. I'm not that clever. I don't think Richard is either. Uh, did we plan to have eight children? No, I'd never held a baby before in my life. So I wasn't a maternal type female when mm-hmm. Richard and I met. Uh, where we uh, first had our first four children was in a famous place in Australia, not far from the Gosford Glyphs, where they found hieroglyphs. Mm-hmm. A week. Um, so now, see, you can see what I'm doing. I'm, I'm time traveling with you. I'm bouncing back and forth to show you how it just keeps uh, 
integrating. Um, a month after I met Richard, um, I was booked to do my first fashion shoot in the USA in Sedona. Wow. 1997 on the solstice. I only shoot in morning and night, which my crew hate <laughs> because <laughs> it's a it's an early morning start. So for three, I think it was two or three days, we shot at a location, which I've only just found out last week, has hieroglyphs there. I was also there where the Phoenix Lights were happening, the biggest ET mm-hmm. encounter recorded. You just don't make this stuff up. It you, doesn't stop. It's impo- I cannot make it up. I can't make it up. I was in Arizona when the Phoenix Lights happened. Wow. <laughs> so I was told from um, another gentleman who was lovely, who just interviewed with us and told from not only him but his past mother, who is an ET contactee, she told me this is all connected to the Phoenix Lights. Really? In what way, do you know? So, so I only had that information last week, so I'm sharing this with you now because I had a moment collection from a past loved one of the Phoenix Lights. Now it's telling me it's all connected to what's going on. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. It's uh it is, it's out there. It's out there, it's amazing. Um is it what 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 what's the purpose of all this and the family being involved and also all the beings? Like it's not only this other other realm going on, it's all the encounters from the dragons to military to whales to it's all these encounters is it to to show others that what they think's going on this is much there's much more is it is it because this if it's happening for our family it, it it's it's within everybody else as well it's not this is not just me this is to show others is it supposed to be such a big show with our family to excite others to delve into their life and realize that they're they're here for an agreement (laughs) whether they want to believe it or not they're here there's no randoms it's a setup the stars knew it before you arrived and you have a role here and a choice to choose your role or to not do you think that some of this has to do with all of the things that are happening worldwide and have been going on for two years, that it's almost like a, an, a collective calling to some other uh, dimensional energy for help or reinforcement? Like that we, we've come to this state where uh, the, the people who are in power have failed humanity and so there's some other energy that we are that people are drawing from maybe consciously or unconsciously like through prayer or meditation that that we're basically calling for reinforcements to help us through the this period that we're in uh i i've i've 
been shown that the alignment is ready now. Something has happened that we're in alignment now and alignment has been everything for our family because it's it's the it's the dovetailing it's where when everything uh crosses paths mm. uh, I was uh shown a uh cross from religion, and when you look at the cross from religion uh the cross it's higher like this mm. I get this now. <laughs> it's fallen into balance. It was being held up here, but now it's here. Being shown the four horsemen, the four horsemen uh, has um, layers of uh, apocalypse. But when everything that they ask us to do, the beings, they always take me back to the origin of it, the origin meaning. And the origin meaning of the four horsemen is the the cardinals, north, south, east, west. The the dropping of the cross is the the fifth point, which is the fifth element, which is the fifth being, which is the supreme being. Yeah, it's pretty it's huge stuff. It's stuff that I don't know about <laughs> being presented to me. It's words that I've never used before. Yeah, yeah. Almost like um, the messenger. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a lot of it, it can be overwhelming for myself mm-hmm. and the family because if if I'm going through it, they're going through it and they feel it or it rattles us too. So we, we as a family, have to uh, digest all this information too and ground it. We also have to carry it around with us as well. So that's been, a, that's been, we've been carrying all these for over 25 years. So it's a lot of information to carry around then to come out last Christmas. So we're nearly coming to a year of sharing this information out. Was it on, we, on Christmas specifically that you came? Christmas oh. Eve. Christmas Eve. Cause I'm going to release this episode on Christmas day. So that's kind oh, of interesting, mate. though. Don't make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> the one-year anniversary makes me want to do it on Christmas Eve now because that might be more appropriate. Um, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Well, yeah. going back to the when you and Neff were, were first starting to interact and you mentioned something about proving it to your family or to your husbands, what are, what are some... I've heard you talk about this, and I find this highly fascinating... What are some ways that you both did went about proving that? Uh, so um, you have my my husband, who we're, we're very close family. Twenty. So uh, I find out about Neff before um, the end of the Mayan calendar. Mm-hmm. So. 2014, 2015. So it's been with us now for a few years. I told one friend, my only real close friend, never spoke to her again. So I knew that it wasn't time. I wasn't ready to share the information. I was still having difficulties sharing it in the family. 
they're going, mum's off on her thing again. <laughs> right. So Richard said, well, you know, you you keep going on about this. How are you going to prove it? So that's when I, I, the regress came through. So I learned how to regress. So I'd gone in the regress and she had the same things going on in her family too. And uh, way I proved myself to her in uh, one instance was um, I was a ghost around her. So when you're when you're a ghost in another realm, it's odd because you can do things that you can't do in this realm, <laughs> which is weird. I, I hear people talk about astro travel, which isn't mm-hmm. something I do a lot of, but other family members here do. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm I haven't done it. But in the astral, uh, in the other realm where I'm a, a feel like a ghost, so I can, um, like I'm smoke around her. Mm. Uh, she was about to be ambushed by military, and I knew that because I'm a ghost, right? Yeah. <laughs> she was unaware, and so was a chem. And they were in like their private chambers and I could hear them getting closer and closer. And I kept spinning around them, um, asking them to address me, address me, address me. A chem at this stage hasn't addressed me, but Neff has, but she was in denial like I was a bit. Anyway, so I kept spinning around and spinning around her and I went, okay, they're not going to do anything about it. I'm going to step in here because this is this is a calling for me. So I went down um, like a a huge hallway from their chambers and it was like something I've seen out of a film where where a ghost can expand themselves like a light. I've even seen it, I think, on Harry Potter (laughs) where you shoot out a light and this inner roar came out of me. So I made a noise in the other realm. Wow. And a shield went out to these um, men coming at her, them. So there was probably, it could have been um, 15 of them. And they a lot of metal. All I could hear was the metal. I could even smell, you know, that smell of metal? I could smell the metal. Mm. And uh, I just remember I became huge blue, white light and filled the whole uh, entrance or walkway and it was just like a huge force field so it would have felt like a bit like a a a southerly wind hitting them bang and uh they all fell down so now we look feels like a lucy film now so bang they all fall to the ground they collect their um shields or weapons and they look around at each other and these are quite masculine men and they were uh, one with they were kind of hesitating whether to keep going and then they turned around and left in a hurry <laughs> wow Neff and Akem saw them leaving impressive so after that Akem made Neff the first wife amazing and uh, after that he would allow me to um come or interrupt him if we had to. Prior to that, Neff was not allowed to interrupt if he was in uh, Pharaoh 
protocol business that mm-hmm. um, she was allowed to then walk in on meetings or uh, ceremonies or she was allowed to walk in and whisper in his ear the messages from myself brought forth from these moments to her moments and she does the same back to me. It's, I I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand it. It just does. And then what happens within uh, six hours or 12 hours or 24 hours, something will come out in the media, which then presents to our family entertainment because they're going, our mum's not really crazy. Look, <laughs> look what's happened. And it's happened on on many stories. Not this that's just one, but that was how we got it to confirm for Richard and the kids. It, it, Richard still wasn't convinced. He 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 holds back. He's a hard he, one. He need he's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> but now he I I know now he gets a little glint in his eye. He doesn't even say much. The the when I we did a I think it was I've forgotten the year, but you'll know. <laughs> we did a huge grounding and they kept asking me to they say you say your words, but Richard doesn't. And this is from Neff, right? Mm-hmm. So you say your words, but Richard doesn't. It's important it, he says his words. And Richard and I went, we'd go for a rainforest walk around the farm. And I could feel goblin energy big time. So when the goblin energies come through there, the tricksters, they uh, play with your words, spoken word. And I could feel their energy coming through. And I'm going, what are you, what are you? I could feel like I, I could feel them around me and I can hear them all murmuring and gibbering in their, their original language. I'm going, what are you guys up to? Is it for me? And then I realized it was for Richard. They tricked Richard into saying a chem. <sighs> it was like an acknowledgement. This is the butterfly effect now. So uh, they tricked Richard into saying a chem. And as soon as he said it, I was like, you just said the name. You said the name. And he got a glint in his eye and went on his walk. And I'm like, you just said it. I kept saying and he kept walking off. You just said it. You just said it. And so I'm teasing him about it. And he's just quite, yes, yes, and keeps walking. So I'm, I'm got a big grin on my face and he says, keeps saying, you know, stop smiling. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so then that happened. Within, uh, I think it was two or three hours, I got messages from all my friends in the US, what have you done? And I, I was like, what do you mean, what have I done? There's a hurricane Elsa here. What have you done? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I said, I haven't done anything. And they said, you've done something. And <laughs> it's big because there's a hurricane coming through <laughs> USA. <sighs> Called that's, Elsa. That's a big butterfly. <laughs> big butterfly. And then the kids said, the kids at that stage, they didn't understand the butterfly effect. And they said to me, did you create this? Did you make a, a hurricane? Are you doing something to make a hurricane? I said, mm-hmm. I, no, 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 no. That's not how the butterfly effect works. 
but it's the universe or the cosmos showing you that it, I, I'm not there to cause others harm. It's just the universe's way of showing. I mean, that hurricane could have been called anything else at any other stage at any other time, but it happened then. Mm-hmm. It's a confirmation. So then it brings in the power within us because we realize it's 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 really happening for us. Now, I, I can share this story with audiences and they can go, I do not resonate with this at all. And that's because their frequency isn't meant to resonate with it yet. They've got to do some more moment collecting. Sure. Exactly. Well, what did, what did you and Neff's interaction and the way that it seemed to be so immediate, yet she supposedly exists in a different time? What did that do? How did that tweak your your perceptions of time and what that meant? I th- I think um, the reason I have this black hair and fringe was because uh, our fourth baby Jet, so the the second son, who's born in the December solstice, he came through and in the first uh, 10 days I went and did a fashion shoot and I probably shouldn't, I was too early. Normally I would wait a mu- uh, a whole moon cycle before I would do any work. Mm-hmm. But for some reason we went and did this photo shoot and uh, the makeup artist said to me, you look haggard, you, looked, you look awful. And uh, my hair was sort of falling out on one side and I was blonde hair. I was the same colour as Hunter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had long blonde hair, all one length, but it was it was it was getting thin on one side. Um, I don't I at that moment in my life when I had Jet, which was in uh, two thousand and six, I didn't believe in postnatal depression. Mm. Well, I got postnatal depression. So from the drive home from the fashion shoot to our home, which was like nearly two hours, I it set in on me and I stopped speaking. I stopped breastfeeding. I uh, wouldn't eat. I shut, basically just turned off, turned off being Elsa anymore. Well, this was a big concern for Richard because he had three very small children, all in nappies, mm. <laughs> and this baby who's not even 10 days old and a wife who's just gone off the deep end. He didn't know what to do. So he went out and bought black hair dye and cut a fringe. And it snapped me out of the postnatal depression. It was, it was enough for me to see myself in the mirror and it just snapped me out of it. Mm, yeah. Everyone loved the hairstyle. Uh, even if they said they didn't like it, they went and got the same hairstyle. <laughs> so, <laughs> always quite funny. Everyone was in complete shock because I'm not one to like. I'm not a one that does things that change. We, I was in the studio, and uh, there was I think five floors of different studios in this complex, and every single floor would come and visit me to see my hair. It was like a ceremony the hairstyle in itself it was really bizarre uh, so you have that so we're going back to 2000 
six, right? So now we come back to to 2011, 2012, just before the Mayan calendar. I'm in the mirror doing my hair. Why do I have black hair? Why do I have a fringe? Then the neft of bust comes through and I get taken back to when I was a child and saw the neft of bust when that was uh, about two, I was 18 months old, two years old. So now, see, the, again, the, the going back wow. and forth to collecting. So that's how I, I started to realize there is actually something going on. It's not. <laughs> and it has can't been going, dismiss on, it. going on for quite a while. Yeah. 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 So two, two, week, two weeks prior to myself uh, in the mirror, uh, our children for six months were getting quite ill in the farmhouse that we had shifted to. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but they were sleeping near the power meter box. So they mm. got a, a EMF poisoning, mm. electromagnetic field damage. Mm -hmm. Dramatic. So one daughter has like a stroke-like face. Her face shut down on one side. Our son, he wouldn't heal. And no one knew what it was. No towers were up then. So I, uh, one night the meter box blew up because we kept asking the universe, please, can you help us? We, what's going on with these two children? What, what can we do? We've shifted to the country. You think we would be healthier, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. worse. Uh, no one had any answers. And it wasn't getting any better. It was getting worse. They were grinding their teeth, losing their memory. It was dramatic in six months, only six months. The meter box blew up. Um, the electrical men came out. They kept saying to us, your ETs, your angels, how did you get us here this fast? <laughs> that night we looked up ETs, angels, and EMF. And I realized that night that ghost, spirit, um, metaphysical connect through water, electricity, mist, rain, glass, uh, through the walls, the wires in your walls, uh, through your electrical devices. I learned all that that night. And then two weeks later, I had the mirror with the hair acknowledgement. And then from that point on, it has not slowed down. <laughs> I feel <laughs> it's been it's been a lot. Yeah, it's been a lot. It's been different this last year though, sharing the information. How has that changed the phenomena? Have the beings acknowledged that? Are they coming more often, less often? Any sort of changes whatsoever? Uh this might relate to you guys with what we talked about earlier is that um, I'll meet people now through speaking up and they will share their moments with me and I can actually now um, not piggyback but um, get carried with them to that moment and if they can't collect the information, the information then comes through me. So I met a gentleman from the UK in Leeds and he had a 1978 experience and uh, 
he started talking about it and instantly not only did I start downloading the, the technologies and information from those beings, but so did two of the other children in the family. So uh, now we're getting, now it's becoming very multidimensional, right? So he also, that gentleman, uh, had a psychic tell him that he would meet me. And it was for, for for reasons of importance for the the alignments coming. That's what the psychic did, said to him twenty two years before meeting me. And and I was only a little kid then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I keep asking questions. Do you have something? Well, I wanted to. You mentioned something about the Rainbow Man in our ah, email exchange. Now we haven't spoken. The Rainbow Man is uh, interesting. So Richard and the kids surf. I don't surf. I'm a beach dweller. I lie on the sand <laughs> and watch them surf. <laughs> they all surf out there with sharks and stuff. So they're not afraid. <laughs> they just do it. So they're out there surfing. One day Richard comes in. I think then it started. The swell got really big and they couldn't go out. And they were watching all the crazy surfers out there, the ones that surf in the crazy weather because mm. it's inspiring but crazy at the same time. Sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, one came in but came in messy and he landed on the in the danger spot in the jagged rocks mm. and Richard and the Rainbow Man went to help him get out. But um, Richard warned the Rainbow Man that if you have to be aware that if you're going to go and save someone, you have to have sure footing because otherwise there might be two lives lost, not one. And something triggered in the Rainbow Man and him, Richard, and they ended up getting this man up, the surfer in. He, the surfer went away and they became friends for a short period of time. The Rainbow Man could call in rainbows. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. He's He was quite unique. He had a partner with him and he had a black dog and he lived in his van and he was living in uh, the Byron uh, beach area in the van mm. and he would talk to us of all the encounters that he would have around that area. A lot of his encounters were, I would have to say, dark. And he would tell us about them, but we really hadn't, we, we didn't disclose about Nefenachem. So mm -hmm. we had dif different understandings to what he would, but he also would see fairies as his partner would. And uh, he came to our house, I think, twice. He was, I think he was asked, he said he was asked by Caribbean, the Pirates of Caribbean film crew that heard of him because mm. he could call in storms as well and they needed a storm scene. But in <laughs> one of the storm scenes, they got him in to call the storm in. Wow. It's, yeah, it's huge, right? <laughs> he uh, told us that he had a pig heart. He had a transplant that was a pig heart. Crazy. And he felt that he had been altered with in hospital. Huh. And I felt like he came into our 
presence for a, almost a healing. Anyway, one night he was talking and uh, they asked where I grew up. I said, I grew up in Melbourne and I went to a private school in the country there. It was a Christian school, so it was very formal Christian school where they'd measure how high your skirt was from your knee. And his girlfriend said, oh, my God, you're Elsa Hutton, which was my maiden name. You're Elsa Hutton. I was two years below you in school. I idolised you. Wow. Then I realised that, again, the dovetailing, the synchronicity, no randoms. We pretty much, I don't think we saw him after that. It was enough to prove to him also that this was no random meeting. Yeah, I don't think we've seen them ever since. So this rainbow rain came into our life. Well, it was only for a couple of months. Interesting. Yeah. Come and but gone, he would it? speak of all the beings all around the um, coastline of Byron, how he would encounter them, all different shapes and sizes. So he would then talk to us about these beings. And as he was talking about them, and taking us through the journey of his moments again. So now we're traveling with him to moment collect. The beings would shape shift for me. So the, the darkness would shape shift into something else that wasn't as dark as how he was describing it. And that may, helped me to understand that it, depending on what frequency you're in at that moment mm-hmm. is how you collect the frequency of the others. So something that could be really scary to me 20 years ago, if I look at it now, isn't, it could be angelic now, but that's only because my frequency has been prepared or elevated or adjusted or uh, there's many words they call. (laughs) Do you, did you, do you think you were born with the frequency that you're on now and it was just latent or do, did it sort of get turned on by a, a specific event or series of events later on? Oh, wow. Um, I think I actually, thank you for asking me that question because you've just given me a huge realization that uh, the first the first original memory I have is of the sun, but it's not of the sun through my eyes. It's through the sun through my eyes in my mother's womb. And I always used to love the smell of um, fish and chips, which is uh, a, a really big thing in the UK and Australia. So every corner store or every suburb would have a little fish and chip shop which was always at the seaside and I remember being in a a a red veiny looking out and I could see the sun and where this fish and chip shop my mum craved fish and chips when she was pregnant with me and it had to be wrapped in paper like they do in Mm -hmm. they wrap it in they wrapped it in newspaper Mm -hmm. and she was craving fish and chips and this fish and chip shop in um, South Australia where I was born, she would look out and the horizon was the sea and the sun. You've just taken me back to that 
I've had this come up a lot, but I didn't realize what. And uh, now I'm going to say it's the sun is the trigger with the seed or the baby. That shifted your frequency. The, yeah. Yeah. It, the sun awakens us all. It's It awakens the seed to want to grow into who it's supposed to be. Um, in saying that, it probably wasn't until I met Richard that my uh, 3D world did crumble dramatically. <laughs> so up until 97, the policeman was the policeman, the lawyer was the lawyer, the judge was the judge, and I was a good citizen <laughs> Yes. up until up until. 1997 and then I met Richard and it kind of flipped over I realized that it's not everything we've been taught (laughs) he was the catalyst yeah Yeah. Richard was the catalyst for that whereas Richard knew that from from my baby he knew and he a couple of things he's the one that came looking for you because he heard your name brought up or you maybe saw your image or something and he went to find you. But also he sort of karmically brought this family together to incarnate together. If Do I have that correctly? Correct. He, um, he's, so we believe in an oversoul and Richard's part of some group who has called us in to reincarnate again in this realm together as a family. It's um, Gigi and I have both seen the blue light. It's like a blue light invitation that goes out. It's an invitation that you really cannot not accept. (laughs) It's a just, yeah, it's a... um, for some reason, my oversoul is from galaxies away and quite um, different to the other oversouls in the family. Um, Ginger's oversoul, her oversoul is quite different too. She's like a an energy ball or something. Um, the others are more like beings that have presented to us. So that we've incarnated, but we can incarnate here and then you might be incarnating somewhere else as well. And so it's just creation wanting to create. Uh, Richard's Oversoul has called us in to be here again to, to, to unfold this stage right now. To, uh, to be a show. <laughs> I, I keep saying to the kids, I have no idea, literally have no idea. I'm okay with that though. Yeah, sure. Every I'm time sure. I think I have an idea, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're more flexible when you don't have a firm grasp on everything. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the uh, allowing intelligence to be intelligence without trying to be intelligent. <laughs> yeah, sure. So allow, instead of thinking that this makes it work, allowing here inside to make and just using all this to assist this rather than this be. So again, this is this comes back to the cross. So this is where we've been doing it all here. This is now dropped to our centre. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the fifth point, we are the fifth element, the supreme being, and it's here. So now then, now the eternal compasses are going to spin their orbits because I believe we're all stars, so we're going to all spin our orbits to our full orbit now. It's impossible to stop this now. There's too many. I wonder if in the first incarnation, incarnation of your family, whether you all were in different roles. I wonder if somebody else was the father and somebody else was the mother. And s- no, no, same. Yeah. Interesting. I know. We ask, and I don't, I'm not the, because the kids, we play, the kids play games. We don't have a lot of toys or um, the kids don't watch a lot of TV. And so the kids would make up games. So we're talking from very young age. They're connecting with their oversoul, um, with ghosts and beings. So they, they're doing it from a really young age, much faster than I can. And they would tap into questioning each other's oversoul's journey. Have we met before? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your role? What's your flavor? What did you do? Um and and the flavor or the essence of the oversoul is carried through in the incarnation. It's quite interesting. So uh, we have Gemma, who is the warrior one, and that carries through in her energy how she behaves day to day. So we we understand if Gemma's swinging her sword, you've got a duck. You've really <laughs> got it. <laughs> but she also knows when she's swinging her sword too. So mm. she knows. Good to know. And put put it down. <laughs> You're creating bloodshed. <laughs> so it helps us to um, keep peace in the family. So that's how we, for 25 years, that's how we've used all this information to keep peace, have a harmonious lifestyle as best as possible with whatever's going on around us. So that's how we've been using it. So we've just been making it our day to day. And uh, it wasn't until Christmas Eve that I realized that um, this uh, this close call, this close alignment might need a little bit more of a, <laughs> they need to realize that this is the beings that are coming through aren't here to harm us because this is a possible next draw card that they were going to pull out, manipulation through um, scaring people, Mm. which is, you know, pretty evident with what they've been doing throughout history. Yes. You only have to read the nursery rhymes. Yeah, exactly. And the Bible. Yeah. And now it's turned on the news and or just about any media source. Fear is the interwoven through all of them but see our role as so then we going back to moment collecting again my husband and i have traveled the world shooting celebrities and famous homes i mean i've shot in nixon's home in america <laughs> we've shot at um you if you you could name a celebrity if i haven't shot him richard has going back richard's um looked into the eyes of Trump and Putin. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> How many people can say they've done that? Exactly. Uh, we, he didn't, did he plan it? No. It was 
um, what unfolded, we were also booked for a lot of these jobs. So we, we didn't personally book it. Our mm-hmm. agent would book things. Yeah. We've been to sacred locations around the world that um, some people aren't even allowed to go to just purely because we were shooting for a magazine. <laughs> uh, so we we are behind the scenes people. We're not in front of the camera. I, I mean, except for this year. Uh, but prior to this, we were always behind the scenes. We were always bringing the best out in others to present to the public. But we would see them how they turn up. It's different. <laughs> For sure. It would would another term that people might be more familiar with for the oversoul be sort of the higher self? Is that kind of the same thing? Yes, the higher self. Okay. The inner child. We love the inner child. Higher self, inner child, um, alignment, uh, God's source. I feel that it can cross over many, um, many cultures and many religions. It and 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 the under having that understanding and and uh, it it helps me understand our family and being a mum and letting go of the kids when they're growing up because everyone has their journey and so it and having an understanding of your oversoul is a great practice because. It will. It can. It can bring you peace and harmony in your own relationships. When you're out and about, when you're going shopping, <laughs> things that you know us humans have to do every day. Indeed. So, again, I'm sorry. I have so many questions about the Nefertiti situation, but um, that definitely pleads a case for retro causality in the sense because in you're literally affecting the past by your interaction with Neff, right? Neff told me in the beginning, which was really tricky to understand. And um, if I if I if I use this too much, it um, complicates it. That mm-hmm. there is no time; time is dissolved, and they are as alive as we are. So they keep saying that to me. So I've heard other people speak about parallel realms, parallel universes, and that makes much more sense since all this than time does now. Time, the actual word time has ties me to a moment and uh, I, I don't need to be tied to one moment. It's we none of us need to be tied to one moment. That's form of slavery. And the word time does if you dissect the word time, tie me, it ties you to that moment. And uh it's made up. It's just a program. It's a synchronous. Many cultures believe this, you know, be- mm-hmm. prior to us, before we started thinking from here. <laughs> They, that's how they live their life. There is no time. So whatever you're talking about, time means nothing to them. It means nothing to the animal kingdom. I can go out and tell my dog it's time, it's nine o'clock 
<laughs> and my dog will look at me and go, I don't, doesn't worry me. Do you want to go for a walk? That. Now that's different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said the W word. Yes. yes, because that's important to that dog yeah. because that's their dog's belief system. That's fun. Time means nothing to that dog. And, it, and that's where a lot of the animal practices that we do helps us to understand. And that's one thing that's been really interesting for us and meeting Mary Rodwell in February of this year and sharing our information with Mary Rodwell. She's um, She interviews children and ET experiences from paranormal. She's an amazing guru. And she said, look, I don't know how your information is going to be accepted in communities because you're crossing over too many. And I said, I think that's the point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not. It's crystals, it's water, it's rocks, it's astrology, it's mythology, it's it's um, before the Hopi Indians, it's before the indigenous in Australia, it's it's before the dinosaur, it's creating of earth, it's the inner earth, it's galactic, it's it's ETs, it's fairies, it's goblins, it's nursery rhymes, it's all in one big mixing pot. Yeah. But to present that to the public. Mary said, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that prevails. That was in February. Now, February to now, wow, how many shifts have we all seen? Indeed. Like I've seen huge changes in many different groups and fields and uh, the way they talk about things has really opened up. So there's definitely alignments or shifts happening at a rapid speed since February. Well, I so. think part of that is there's been some sense of betrayal with uh, people who have held places of power. And so that sense of not being able to trust the, the people we are uh, tasked to trust, the, the quote-unquote leaders, I think what's happened is that there's we could perceive it as like layers of an onion and certain things are penetrating other layers of the onion and we're starting to see how porous those layers of that onion are and that all of these things are interrelated and are interconnected and the idea of time is one of these things that is used to enslave people the the idea that we are in this this chrono chronological life, I think that's used to enslave people. So the power of what you're talking about is perhaps removing one of those layers of the onion and revealing that all of these realms are interwoven to each other. It's just a matter of our perception and where we are standing. And if we're able to raise our fre frequency to connect to these other layers. That's what you've just said, Hunter, is so important because this comes up a lot. Uh, we'll be standing watching the night sky and have others standing with us and they cannot see the craft. And our little girl's like, what do you mean you can't see that? <laughs> they they don't hold back. <laughs> like, How come you can't see that moving, zigzagging across the sky? You can't see that? They, they miss it or they – so their frequency field isn't their – 
belief system or their they're realizing they're realizing their pupil isn't ready to take it in yet but what's happened with this alignment over the last couple of years with um the failing of the system the breaking down the old world crumbling we've the 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 feminine and the masculine energy are now regaining and stepping up and saying well i'm here to protect i'm going to stand up and believe in myself and believe in the children and believe in the the goodness and the kindness because that's not working (laughs) i know you keep drumming it down my throat but it's not working (laughs) i and and you people don't want to watch tv anymore people don't want to watch the news anymore because it's such a low it's a low frequency so the fear is a low frequency and i think that's why it's so easy to manipulate and control people because that's low-hanging fruit that's not really where uh higher-minded uh perception is happening so it's it's a way of kind of controlling the mass and I think the slave economy is a way to do that too, where you have people working constantly, where they don't really have time to reflect to see a craft because they can't kind of sink down into their energy and meditate into reality to say, well, there's things, there are fairies, there are goblins, there are things that are wandering in the forest that if we were just quiet enough internally, we would be able to perceive those things. That description of a tree and grabbing the fruit at the the base of the tree, you're in the shadow. But if you got the ladder out, and worked as a community to grab all the fruit off the tree, not only would you feel abundant, but you'd also see the dark and the light because you come out of the shade of the tree. And I think that's actually poetry, Hunter. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because uh, you know, we all take a bite out of the apple, right? Like, see, those, those words to me are biblical. Like, they, those are the words that get written in the new bible those yeah. those stories that hunter just said that's a poetry moment a biblical moment i class that as because she's given the audience a tree and an apple description so that they can understand where where are you picking the fruit off that tree exactly it's, it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's a metaphor that works on a lot of different levels she is the writer in this partnership, <laughs> for sure. She's the crafter of words. Uh, I'm the bad at all. I get stumbled <laughs> upon words. They don't often come out very gracefully. Yeah, I think Chris is the architect. He's the builder. And and I'm wow. the the person that hangs the the pictures on the wall. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> Um, okay, let's see here. Where to go from here? There's so many different places to go. Uh, there was a, a pretty important event that happened in the 
in your story um, where you had uh, a sighting when you were going and looking at the stars one night and looked up and saw a craft. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Would you yes. care to recount that story? Because it's a pretty, it's a place marker in all of this in a lot of ways. This this is the, uh, this moment you're speaking about was in November, the 17th of November, 2017. And it was a new moon, very dark night. And since... Uh, 2012 I would walk out in the paddocks at night which Richard really did not advise but I still would do it I would get called out for different reasons I would get called out because I could hear foxes or I could hear a python slithering past the house and he's like how do you know it's a python I go it's a python I can tell (laughs) but he goes it's a python on the ground how can you hear a python I go it's a python and sure enough it was a python so I'm connecting with animals yeah yeah. So I'm getting called outside then they it went to a similar time to the rainbow man I could hear uh, screeching in clouds like metallic trumpets or horns uh, not always the same sound but they would call me out so mm-hmm. I'd go out for that then I would go out again for more animals and I was out in the animal herd on this 2017 night and I was in the horse herd and I noticed the horses starting to get become restless like there's a predator and we practice natural horsemanship and so I would be watching all the signs of their ears and how they were behaving. So now they're turning for different directions. They're trying to sniff the ground, see which way it's coming. So they're getting prepared as a herd, which I love. (laughs) Uh, But they also, in that time, the lead mare and the second lead mare are shifting the herd around me to protect me. So, again, I just love them. They're great. So there's 10 horses protecting me. And now they stop and they all take turns in sniffing the ground. I'm going, wow, what is coming? Is this like, this must be like a pack of wild dogs. (laughs) What is coming? Because they're getting really ready. And then I thought, oh, maybe it's, maybe it's thunder. Maybe it's a storm coming because they, they can perceive it a lot further ahead than we can. And then I saw the horses look up and their ears twitch up. And I was like, this is odd because I don't normally see the horses look up. It's not a normal thing for a horse to look up because yeah. mm-hmm. they don't have predators in the sky, mm-hmm. horses, so they don't look up. Yeah, They looked up and um, so now I'm following their heads up and I look up and it was beautiful night and then it changed to a black mirror and the noise changed and I could hear a humming noise like a like a heartbeat but a hum noise. Like it sounded alive. And then the stars went to this black mirror and then the veins started shooting across and then I could see the whole valley, which is 200 acres, the whole valley was filled with this big black um, mirror. And I was like, whoa, whoa, this is the biggest craft we've seen so far. (laughs) This is huge and low. It was very low. And uh, then I don't remember anything. I didn't remember walking inside, didn't remember. I had to climb two fences to get inside. I had to take my gumboots off 
I had to get through the house without waking anyone, turn all the lights off and get into bed. And I don't remember doing any of that. I remember from being there to waking up the next morning. And then Richard said to me, how did you sleep? And this is exactly how you see in films. How did you sleep? And I was like, I think I saw, I went out in the paddock and saw a craft and I told him about it. He goes, wow, that's a big one. I went, yeah. He goes, that would probably be the biggest one we've seen, huh? I went, yeah. And that was it. (laughs) So then uh, from that point on, the kids started not to like me. And same with Richard. He stopped, he started getting a bit irritated and then it got more and then we got to arguing they said that I don't smell the same, my personality's changed, you don't look the same, there's something wrong with you. And we didn't put it down to that day. We just thought that maybe it's all this Neff and a chem stuff, maybe it's just sending me off the deep end or something. They thought, but the biggest word was possessed. And it was creating trouble between Richard and I, which we're quite, we're, I mean, we argue, but we're not an argumentative type relationship. And he said, you've got to, let's go to kinesiology and, and, and find out what it is. Mm-hmm. We went to kinesiology. She went through everything. Everything's fine. She said, I'll just try one more thing. <laughs> I haven't done this before. Let's try one more thing. It was an outer world experience and it went to that date. And you've been gone a long, long time. <laughs> we worked out it was 10 years that I had been gone. So then my brain's going, how does that work? How does 10 years work in my brain? So I came, uh, they kind of shoved me out the door after that, um, they hurried me out the door, which is fine because I understand the buzziness of the energy gets too much for others. So mm-hmm. I get in the car and I'm so relieved because I'm not possessed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so relieved because <laughs> I'm thinking that, you know, I'm going to have to have some exorcism or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I get in the car and Richard goes, so how'd you go? And I told him about, oh, it was that day in November. And he goes, oh, that's great. So you're not possessed. I went, no. And that was left at that. <laughs> what are we having for supper? Yeah. The kids said, how'd you go, mom? Oh, not possessed. Oh, that's great. Oh, what was it? Oh, it was that craft. Oh, so, oh, it was the UFO. Yeah, that's fine. Because we had been seeing craft in the sky. It sure. was just that this one was the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. And I went, oh, well, I'm glad you're not possessed because that was getting hard work. So that was, and but then that's when the kids started to draw and started to, they, so it was like a, like a catalyst, like once we, I had acknowledged that, that moment, it sort of like, I don't know, it sent, it sent a catalyst, it was like, we call it a catalyst through the family. And then from that point on the beings really, um, I went, okay, they're ready now. (laughs) Let's bring them on through. (laughs) And the portal is opened. Then it just went from uh, first started with ghosts, orbs, fairies, which we were, we could handle, but then the ghosts got bigger and scarier and dragons and lizard-type beings and it got a bit more in the fear-type state. Mm. Once we dealt with the fear, again, the frequency changed and they would shape-shift and then we realised they actually needed our help with something. 
a help with clearing waters, clearing um, sacred sites and going to some mountaintop or some land that we don't know about, but they would take us there. We would turn up and it would be a sacred site. But I, how how would I know that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Off a map because they're not they're not registered on maps. These places we were just taken to these locations. So are they? It sounds more like it's an inner world experience than an out outer space experience. It sounds like there's things that are happening here on Earth, but in different um, different realities or different layers of the earth that you are being taken and the family's being taken and you're doing work while you're there. You're doing some clearing or some healing when you're going to those places. When we do these clearings, uh, we always have something 3D present, whether it be the butterfly effect straight away and it, it, it has, it gets faster and faster. We have, uh, we call them the three wise men or the the magi ones. Um, so we'll have three white cars turn up or one as a confirmation. And so we'll be out in the middle of nowhere. We've driven six hours, no cars inside. And then after we've done this clearing or grounding at this place, which takes, it's really anticlimactic. It's really quick. <laughs> it, it takes you six hours to get there. You do it and it's like, oh, well, we're finished. Then, sure enough, the alphabet cars turn up, usually white cars, alphabet-type government names, and who are they? Where'd they come from? How did they get here in 30 seconds of doing that? Yeah, strange. Had um, tribal ones sort of appear as well, not just um, Indigenous Australians, but uh, Indian-type ones. We've had uh, Maori from New Zealand ones to present. We've also had whales, like like humpback whales, present after clearings. So in the most dramatic ways that you could imagine. So it's it's not just one, it's not just humans or shapeshifters or whatever you want to call them. It's, who, how can you call in a whale? I mean, I can't. <laughs> how would you <laughs> not call one. in a whale? Yeah. But two. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And at, at the times when these things are happening, it can be quite alarming or uh, scary because, you know, we're there with family. But the, the, the confirmation and the fear resides and we realize that we are contributing. It's an acknowledgement and it changes. It just, it just changes and then something else happens for us that's great. And it just keeps getting more. You hear of um, expansion and how it gets faster. That's how it happens for us. It just gets faster and faster and faster. It's like more a, quick, presents, more pre a quickening that's happening. Yeah, yeah, you like a quickening. And then, then what will happen is you get to... Um, like you said before, Hunter, the onion layer. So it will get to a certain layer and then we call it um, a pause moment. So you have to absorb more. So maybe more uh, outer world energies are coming in. Maybe it's sunspots or solar flares or maybe it's military intervention or beings, who knows, or asteroids going through. 
and then you have a pause moment so you'll feel like you're in a hold and nothing's happening, no one's calling me, no one's responding, I haven't got money, I can't do this, my car's broken, the washing machine's not working. <laughs> you know, you get held in these zones mm-hmm. for a bit to, so you can pause and absorb it all. But in our 3D brain, we're going, there's something wrong. It's not working. Right. <laughs> so, But you stay here, you absorb it all, you collect it, and then you get ready and then we make an acknowledgement to the universe or the cosmos in some way starts speeding up again all the things fall into place everything becomes easier so we feel like we're sharing these things so that people's lives become easier and at peace as well so you you don't have to i don't have to yell at richard because the washing machine's breaking because i know (laughs) it's something possibly more cosmic yeah exactly the washing machine breaking but in our brains we go there's something wrong with the washing machine okay well it's electrical, it's connected to. Yeah. yeah but so it, the frustration of being a human yes. dissolves with time. And it also seems like working. it seems like your job uh, on this layer, in, like in this reality, your job is to be a mirror, to be a reflector. So you're not necessarily dragging people behind you and saying come this way this is the way to go you are just being who you are and your energy is magnetizing people to raise their frequency so it's it's just by your presence that that's happening it's not like you are contriving oh i'm going to make this person have a magical experience or have a otherworldly experience you have drawn those things to you and just by the nature of your, your energy, other people are having those experiences. My husband is sitting just next to me and he just went, correct. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Richard's Um, approval. Thanks Richard. (laughs) Um, So Neff says to me all the time, uh, the beauty one has come was how she was referred to in history and that's incorrect it's not the beauty one has come the it's the beauty one has come to see others beauty like and that's what my job was as a photographer I would see beauty in others so when I speak to people and when the kids speak to people when Richard speaks to people we see their inner child we see their oversoul and we see who they truly could be or who they are we don't see all the other goop. They tell us they're goop, but we don't see that. We see in the in, innerness. And we understand that when we meet people, that can be rattling for them. But a lot of the time it's igniting. And but then they have to go away and do their work. So, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be ignited for two or three days and they don't want to see us ever again because they've got to do their work. But then they might reconnect with us in a few years or, yeah. So that because the kids say, you know, it's hard to make friends. And I said, well, that's because you're triggering things in them. It's a good thing though. We're not triggering problems in them. We're triggering things so that they can heal themselves Exactly. because you can do that. You can heal yourself. Well, and it may be hard to make friends, but it's not hard to be a friend. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
And I think thank it, you because I'm going to tell Janie that <laughs> <laughs> Janie wants to hear that. <laughs> I think the the reality that we the consensus reality we'll just call it that is sort of teaches us to compartmentalize things, and when things fall out of those compartments or they can't be categorized or there's no reference point, uh, either from not having experienced something or just not having heard of some event or some being or even the existence of those things. People just don't know what to do with that information. Um, and then they look to the, their files of all the TV shows that they've seen, for, for instance, and you get these goofy Bigfoot shows and haunted house shows. And, and it just makes it all look like a comic book. It, it doesn't carry any real weight um, so those people don't know that that stuff's even on the menu. They don't know how that that stuff even exists, uh, much less to look out for it. Or when somebody is telling them that they've had experiences with them, with things like that, um, you know, they just don't know what to do with that. Like yeah. <laughs> they have no response. So I think that, well, that, it's, that been a very, it's a very clever show because that has, that was part of the show when they when they instilled this the school system i think it was um the same time it, it, i might be wrong but at the same time that they had that uh statement for the america where they would it was like the command what's that called um uh they brought in the school system and then they brought in the hospital system all at the same time as mm-hmm. they changed the meridian the time meridian as yeah. well yeah yeah so that became Greenwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Greenwich? I mean, come on. <laughs> so you, we all go, oh, Greenwich, Wizard of Oz, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, that's how they do it. Yeah. They, they trick us with making the story comedy so that when people like myself speak up, they go, oh, there's that poor little Elsa girl again. <laughs> Look yeah. at her going or Look at all this imagination she's having. Isn't it funny? You know, well, it is funny, but it's actually happening to us. So it's real to us. Yeah. But it's not real to them because they've been told by all those shows that it's a, it's a comedy. Yeah. I'm. You know, you could spill off a hundred movies here, and we could say Lucy, Land of the Lost, Star Wars, Bang, 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 with Green Lantern. We could tell you all those points. Uh, John Carter, the movie John Carter is a great film. It, it's not called JC for no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he went to Mars <laughs> yeah, through a porthole by just saying words. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of disclosure there. Yeah, but that's just Hollywood. That's yeah, not course. real. Yeah. Of course, that's how they get rid of people like us because they that can dissolve in people can believe that it's a film they're happy to believe it's a film but if you've been like Richard and I and been behind the scenes and you've met all those behind the scenes before it's a film well now it's completely different yeah because we just... we become we're the creators of that film we created that film the matrix the woman in red the White Rabbit, mm-hmm. Mr. Smith, Keanu, right where we lived. 
I had the same hairdresser as Keanu. I'd pass him in the lift. So I would have like a matrix moment with Keanu in the lift. <laughs> I was always running late to my hair appointments because it was a private hairdresser. Mm-hmm. And he would always say, oh, you got here late. I really wanted you to meet Keanu. And I was like, I don't need any need any more celebrities. Seriously, it's fine. <laughs> Just do my hair. Do my hair. Let me go. Um, the the woman in red was one of our favourite models. She got the role probably because of all my shoots and Richard's shoots with her. Mm. The white rabbit, again, we photographed her as an actress. Mr Smith, I would have... Um, I would be at the same cafes with him, which was a uh, like known to all the industry and everyone would be there at, you know, 3 a.m. in the morning because it was the only little Italian cafe that was open and it was like an industry cafe. So I'd be sitting next to him and we'd pass each other the salt and pepper. <laughs> so the kids are like, so you know Mr. Anderson? I went, yeah. <laughs> no, not Mr. Anderson, Mr. Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I said, I said, he doesn't talk like that, though. <laughs> I prefer to call him Elrond. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and well, and this, you know, reality and, and, and our role in reality and our perceptions and how much that so much uh, colors the way that we view or experience reality. Like, if you don't even, if you give none of that stuff credence, then you're never going to know to look out for those things you're never going to be sensitized to any of that stuff so that's the big hoodwink um and then once we're cut off from our uh, innate power to to collaborate and create everything that's around us our reality in the sense of how we affect things and how we steer our lives and how we can affect the greater whole like if we don't think that any of that is possible then it's no wonder that people will walk around in their little miserable labyrinths with wearing t-shirts that say same shit, different day. It's like they don't know of anything different. So it's like a whole other sub world that uh, has much more life than the work a day nine to five world, but it's just off the, off the menu. I don't know. I'm, I'm, Here's where I'm the word stumbler. Can you can you save me? What am I trying I, to say? Well, the the thought that just popped in my head when you were talking is that my perception is as I was growing up and I was experiencing traumatic events, there came a place where I was filing those things away. And I got to this age where I thought, why why did those things happen to me? Why did I have early childhood trauma when I was an infant? Why did I experience just really strange living circumstances throughout my life? And I I perceive that those things happen to people who are able to heal from that and then take that energy and transmute that energy and that the the reason that these things have happened to you in your family is that you're capable of handling these things and transmuting these things and being able to be the reflector where some people might not have that capacity they wouldn't be they would lose their minds they would go go off the rails so i think that's one of the things that is happening in this alignment is that people are coming together who have 
different lives, but maybe shared experiences. And that's what, what has put you on our path and us on your path is that it's, it's like perfect timing. Like maybe 20 years ago wasn't the right moment for us to meet. And now it is because we both, all of us have the right configuration of energy to be able to communicate with each other. What she said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> yeah. I our, only... dog's called, our dog's called Ditto. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. We only heard of you two days ago. So here we, and here we are having a conversation across yeah. the world. So. So what Hunter described then is, is the divine. Yeah. It's the, it is that moment. And, uh, and the cross has has dropped to our center now, and so we are driving from our supreme being. And some people will not resonate with their supreme being, but it's still dropped. So they'll have to they'll have to do it in a short space of time, and that's where we come in with assisting others, assisting healers, assisting shaman your shows getting out to all those people. It, it's so important this because you you're assisting those to assist the the masses align that drop in the in the cross to that point because it, it's going to be challenging for them because we've done this over many years they're, they're having to do it. <laughs> This quickening that you speak of is we we have been shown this from the beings and that that um, ten and back experience is that it's it's a they need help they need they need assistance they don't need us to carry them but they need to be shown the light literally and it it does it sounds really corny but it, they do need to be shown how to that it's happening it's possible. It's possible. That's what they need to be. But a lot of people will keep, they will go back to that. How is it possible? I need proof. Show me photos. I need this. I need that. Again, you can feel the frequency of that. It doesn't feel, doesn't feel right. What we're all about is telling our story of how we've done it so that that will help trigger you to help you do your way. I would say go. Way. I would say go yeah. to the forest for ten days by yourself <laughs> if you want proof. <laughs> Disconnect yeah. from reality and go from what you call reality and go and live in the forest for ten days. But take a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Take right. a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Take a mirror. No mirrors. Well, the mirrors don't lie. I didn't bring that up just out of the blue. I, you, I, it's because mirror is plays a big mirrors role. are a big one. Yeah. Well, yeah. we used to. I used to be petrified of mirrors. Absolutely petrified. I would, from a young age, uh, through to that experience where the before the ET meter box blew up, mm. and it wasn't just me. I caught Richard. He's scared. He used to be scared of them too. So he'd walk past. We only had one mirror in the house. 
and it was a beautiful one above the uh, fireplace and he would walk past. I saw, I caught him ducking a few times. Like, <laughs> I saw that. You ducked. <laughs> no, I didn't. Like, you ducked. So you see in them too because I could see other realms. I could see beings. I didn't know what I was going to see when I'd seen a mirror. So it would scare me, not just our mirrors, but any mirrors. That's why it's interesting Neff comes through the mirror. Toot, his tomb, they found the mirror, which is the ankh. That, you see that um, mm-hmm. I always spell it wrong, A-N-K-H. Yes. The ankh, I didn't realize the ankh is actually was a mirror. Oh, really? I, I, didn't, I didn't know the, that until a year or so. Yeah, so the, the loop that goes around, it's the shape of, um, you know, us internally as well, mm. both male and female, but it's it was always a mirror. They used it. So, and then you come back to mirror, mirror on the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm. Who is the fairest of them all? What is fair? Fair is um, equal. Fair is light. So now we go back to the nursery rhymes, now start dissecting the nursery rhymes and and coming back to the core words of what they're actually saying. The meanings change. Peter Pan, Neverland, flies to other realms, doesn't believe in time. The time's affiliated with a crocodile. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on, it gets... There's a mirror in in the Matrix. Tinkerbell, yeah, I believe, I believe in fairies, the magic happens when you believe. Alice in Wonderland, these these stories are there. The Bible, it's all there. It's You've just got to decipher it and remember. Remember means to reincarnate. That's the pi root word of remember. So it's pretty interesting that these beings are watching us remember why can't they tell us to why don't they just let us come here with a memory why do we have to come here forget forgotten why are we coming here with amnesia there's something in the power of remembering that they're watching us or we're watching ourselves whoever they are exactly (laughs) like what 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 is what is the power of remembering it's a, a question I ask a lot. Do you get the impression that these beings are, and this is, I'm stumbling into a forest of semantics here, but are from another place or more from another dimension or frequency? I think it's it's not what we think. So we think Earth, then we think galaxy, right? But... um there's a few movies out there where they show that there's multiple realms happening at the same time on that planet. Mm. Then you have artificial planets. So now we're going crossing over two films. So we've got Star Wars where they create a planet. Uh, then you have uh, the Green Lantern where you have lots of beings and that's how that's how it feels at our house. <laughs> there's lots of beings. Um, some beings will present um where they're around you all the time but whether you can pick up or not it's where you're what you're doing and and where you are and what's also under the ground like what crystals are under the land are you near water are you on a mountain what altitude you're at so all that 
comes into it, how much water, how much salt you carry and oil in your body, how balanced your chakras are, all these things, again, collapse into one to affect your frequency and then then read their frequency. We have had... Uh, I'm going, to, I'm going to share something that's been happening with Gigi this year where she'll walk into a room and then she uh, collapses like um, imagine a coat hanger. So you've got clothes on a mm-hmm. coat hanger and then you just break the coat hanger and the clothes fall to the ground. That's what's happening with Gigi at the moment. So she's getting, uh, she says she is, when she's on the ground, you she's, she's completely out, completely gone, which is freaky for a mum. Yeah. But. Uh, I, it's happened a few times now. So the last one she did, she broke our dining table. So she falls heavy when she lands. So wow. it can be dangerous. Uh, so she falls to the ground, like collapses, and then we have to wake her up. When she wakes up, she doesn't look like Gigi. So again, it looks a bit like how that experience was for me in 2017. So we have to make her remember who her Gigi-ness is mm. in her face because all her muscles in her face don't look like Gigi. She does not look like Gigi. She's not the same colour as Gigi. She doesn't have the same eye contact with you as Gigi. It just looks like a foreign being, like an avatar. Mm. And it's uh, like an it's an avatar experience. She says that she's she goes and draws the being. She'll describe what happens when she's gone. Sometimes she's gone for a year or two years in that couple of minutes and she will explain the information they give to her and the sometimes it's technology sometimes it's healing i that that's as that so is that experience real to me well it is it's happening it happens more than once she's learning now a bit better to uh control it a bit better so that it isn't breaking furniture and and because she has they leave marks on her too, like finger marks and things like that. Different fingers, not normal fingers, like long two fingers or. Mm-hmm. And she'll tell me what they've done there or she'll tell one of the other family members. It's um. so when someone says to me, oh, do you have proof? Well, no, I don't, but. I'm telling you this experience as a storyteller so that maybe if something was happening to you like that, maybe you can look into it a bit more so that you don't feel that you're crazy or your son's crazy or you might actually be doing something great for the universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, go ahead. I just wanted to say it was probably 1996, 95, 96, I woke up and I felt something on the back of my neck, like kind of at the base of my, where my spine and the, my uh, skull meet my spine. And I kind of was like, Oh, that did I get a bug bite back there? And my best friend, we were living together at the time and she looked and there was a perfect triangle piece of flesh taken out of the back of my neck with a needle point in the center of that. And maybe two years later, kind of somewhere around there, 
I have this little black dot that's right at my temple that has been, I have dug at it. I've tried to get it out and I can't remove whatever that is there. So I think that there are physical manifestations of these, these experiences, but if you try to go to a doctor or if you take a picture of it and you show it to someone else, it creates such cognitive dissonance that they have no language for what's happened to you. You just know that you've experienced something. You just don't know how, who to go to, to talk to about these types of well, things. It, it, it's easier for them to say, oh, well, that's just off that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much easier. To, it's easy. Oh, that's e Once they say that and they put you in that box, that's so much, that's so easy for the the brain to understand. What's interesting is that point that you are talking about is a crucial point, and we have found this with many people that we have spoken with. Uh, our fourth son, Jet, mm -hmm. the one white where I changed my hair colour, he he has the a white diamond on the back of his head in his hair. Mm. And so when we shave his hair, it's more pronounced and it and it looks like it glows in the sun on the back of his neck wow and so like we call it the white diamond or the white or white grid diamond grid and it's at that point richard this is in the heart of covid since he he used to be uh before he was a photographer he was a motocross champion in australia mm. And he was for quite some years. He had a big accident. He was in a coma. It was a very big accident. He was taken out. Since that date, he got a cyst at the back of his neck in the same spot that Hunter just spoke about. And I had known Richard for 25 years to, when the lockdowns began. And I said, babe, we've just got to get rid of it. That cyst, you keep touching it. It smells. We've just got to get rid of it. So we had this window of opportunity where the lockdowns broke open. So we went and got it to a local GP doctor to get it cut out. And the kids are like, oh, this is going to be great. You have to film it. I'm like, this is disgusting. I'm not filming it. They go, oh, there's this, there's this guy on YouTube and this doctor on YouTube and they're called Dr. Pimple and they squeeze them out. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm no, disgusting. no, sorry. They say, well, can you take one picture? Because there's eight of them, right, going, yeah, this is going to be so good. We can put it on YouTube. I'm not putting it on YouTube. Exactly. Put it on the spin beings. <laughs> yeah, kids are, like, excited that we're getting a cyst cut out. So anyway, we go and get this. I'm quite nervous because I'm not great in fluoro lights, neither is Richard. And so he goes and goes, he's still awake. They just localize this area. And I told the doctor that the kids wanted me to film it and he <laughs> laughed too because he had heard about it as well. <laughs> so he saw the playfulness. So he he kind of got us. Anyway, he starts cutting it out. I start to hear screaming. I'm going, what am I hearing here? Is this Richard's inner child? Is something going wrong here? Because it's on his spinal cord. So I was really nervous. 
and it, the screaming's getting more and more intense. And then the doctor says, do you want to come over and take a photo? And it's like, okay. So I come over and I take a photo and the screaming gets louder as I get closer to the cyst. And I realize I'm hearing the energy or the beingness of the cyst because the cyst is alive. Wow. He takes it out and puts it in a tray and he says, oh, no. And I've gone, oh, that's not what I want to, I don't want to hear, <laughs> oh, no. He's just said, oh, no. Why is he saying, oh, no? And then I hear another scream. So I'm hearing that one there in the the dish and then I'm hearing again and he goes, oh, no, there's another one. The same. So these are the same size as a marble in the back of his neck. So he's digging deep in the neck. I'm freaking out. Because I'm still hearing, so I'm hearing screaming, so I'm going, I'm, I'm having a being experience. My husband's on the table and he's going deeper into his neck. He cuts the other marble out and puts it on the on the Petri dish and says, do you want to take a photo of them together? At this point, I'm trying to hold it together as a wife, <laughs> as a mum, as a human. I take a picture and I actually wanted to cry. I felt sorry for them. <laughs> I actually felt like they were dying and I just wanted to take them home and bury them. And I felt really sad. I felt like some something had died. I really did. We walked out of the surgery and Richard's all okay. I said to him, how do you feel? And he said, I feel horizontal. He said, I feel like I have straightened up. I feel like I am completely me. So he's been carrying around these two beings in the back of his neck at a crucial point where mm. your decision-making comes from the tool ready on the spinal cord because it's a, it's a tight fit here. Yeah, like this is a crucial point on the body. Mm-hmm. And he was different after that. He, was, he, wasn't, um, he wasn't compromised. He was calmer. And so people say to me, how can that be? And I said, well, if you think there's energy in metal and there's energy in crystals, there's energy in parasites, there's, and they all have feelings. Mm-hmm. Those feelings, if they're inside you, affect your feelings. Yeah. They don't want to go. They don't want to leave you. You're the host. So <laughs> the more of those you have in you, parasites and beings and cysts the more that's in you they affect your decision making and so we always then go into the practice of clean your systems out clean your body out some beings are supposed to stay there they're not everyone goes oh they're bad they're awful they're bad but some are meant to some are good there some are keeping your system in balance as well but they all have feelings so if you have too, if you have too many, especially in your spleen area where the decision-making comes from, this will affect how you think. So when I'm looking at someone and I'm looking into their eyes, I can feel if they've got too many in them. And I know that their information that's coming through their avatar or their what the words they're speaking is is could be not quite what their inner mm. child or their oversoul wants to communicate. It's just a little bit off. The alignment's off because there's more than one 
one in there <laughs> and it, it I can feel it in me if I have any um because there's a lot of uh plane spray as well that affects because mm-hmm. there, there's things in that as well yeah mm. so definitely. there's all the man-made ones as well the military ones again people would say that that's just um <laughs> us going crazy again but they are they're out i see i see it in the pets as well it's not just humans mm-hmm. i can see it in the animals so we we do the same practices we do with ourselves with cleansing and healing we do with the animals as well so if, if there's a horse kicking or bucking or behaving incorrectly sure enough that pet will have some parasite in them we do a cleanse and two days later they're fine so so what type of the, cleanse do you do for parasites? We were told by um, cranial osteopath in Australia, and he studies under um, James Jealous practice in the US. So there's only like a hand, it's a, they're a specialized cranial osteopath. And he said that never before has there been so many different parasites in the human body and there's some that you you can get rid of these ones with this and you can get rid of these ones with this, but you can't get rid of those ones with that. So you have to do this. You have to do this. Mm. We, we don't buy uh, Western medicines at all. We don't go to doctors at all. Uh, We believe we can heal ourselves. So we practice healing ourselves with the herbs that we have in the garden or on the windowsill, Uh, sea salt, oils, turpentine oil. When you go to the store and ask for it, they won't know what you're talking about. You'll have to research something. Um, Good oils, not um, too manufactured oils, like coconut oil is great, olive oil, but the the purer stuff. Castor oil. Uh, putting just a block of charcoal from your fire pit or, you know, your fireplace outside or mm. fireplace inside and just throwing it in your water. Amazing what it will do for you. We don't buy charcoal. We grind our own charcoal up in a coffee grinder and we take it and give it to our animals. It, uh, what else? Um, all these things are, MMS gets rid of, um, that's quite a controversial one for a lot of people, but that one is a good one to help uh, clean out parasites. One of the gentlemen who's from America, he makes MMS here in Australia and his eyes change colour when he takes MMS. So he his brown eye and when he takes it, his eyes go bluer. Wow. How did that happen? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, Obviously, they're affecting his color in his eye. <laughs> uh, what's another one? Uh, apple cider vinegar with the mother tincture is very good. But a lot of the things we use are uh, the dark green herbs, coriander or cilantro, I think they call it where you are. Mm-hmm. Comfrey, which is banned in some countries. <laughs> good. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, pharmaceuticals, you know, run amok. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can, since having the children, I can smell um, 
I can smell uh, chemicals or tampered with products in food and tablets, and I can smell the glue in the in the tablets or the capsules. So even though sometimes some of our family members might take them, I'm like, I can smell the glue. And they're like, yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. Because <laughs> I, I know that that depends on what frequency you're at. One at 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 a certain point, you you won't be able to take that anymore. As your frequency adjusts, you because your diet adjusts as your frequency adjusts. That's the other thing people think. Oh well, if I go on this diet, will that be it? And I'm like, no, because you're an evolving creation. So as you evolve, you will need different diets. You can't just stick to that one that you had ten years ago. You will have to adjust as you evolve. So, and we've noticed with, that with the same with the animals as well, they they have to evolve with it as well. So, it the it, we always say, be, take it in small steps first to uh, uh, stop having um, white sugar first. <laughs> Keep it simple. Stop having uh, flour first. Stop the gluten next. Slow, slow it down. Even just practice it for two weeks and see if you feel different. Test, do trial and errors on yourself, but do it in small increments first. Don't freak your body out because instantly, as soon as you freak out, if you're in a lower frequency state, you're going to say there's something wrong. Mm. <laughs> so we're talking yes. about frequency adjustment here, not parasites anymore. No, no, it's the same. Okay, okay. Because if you have, so if... If I had a hundred parasites in me, those hundred parasites would sway because they've got feelings, their own feelings, their own agendas would sway my uh, outcome or choice or free will. Whereas if I only have five parasites in me, then my free will has uh, more leverage, I guess. Can you see how I'm? So if I'm if I'm keeping them at bay or keeping them under control, then I have more control over my free will. Mm -hmm. But if I'm if I've got parasites here, <laughs> then I've got metallic fillings. I live near towers. I'm drinking bad water. I'm working. I have no time. I mean, <laughs> you can see where the free will goes. Sure, it's gone. You're subject to your environment, inner and outer. Yeah. Are you thinking of the movie, How to Get Ahead in Advertising? Did that ever come up in your mind? <laughs> Have you ever seen that movie, Elsa? Which one's that one? It's a Richard Grant movie, How to Get Ahead in Advertising. How to Get Ahead in Advertising. Uh -huh. It's an it's 80s a, movie. It's a fantastic is movie. It? Yes. Richard Grant is an advertising executive, a total bastard. Just, just <laughs> of. of Talk about low frequency. He's very low frequency, but he's trying, he's stressing out so much about this uh, advertising campaign about a zit cream that he develops a boil on his neck and the boil just keeps getting bigger and bigger so much so that it starts to grow little, a um, little mouth and eyes and has a personality of its own. And it's, it's speaking for him. It starts insulting people around him and just like cutting down everybody. And then pretty soon 
it takes over. It gets so big, his head get, gets small. It gets pushed back in his body, and the boil's head takes over. And it's it's amazing. It's a fantastic movie. A very I'm good. I'm going to go watch that. Yes, now. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I don't know where. I'm going to tell the kids if we didn't get that out of Richard's neck, that's one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He would add two of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure, twins. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, the, see, see now that if you heard that, and then I've and you're in a low vibe, mm-hmm. and then I tell that story, they go, "Oh, what yeah." So she just what just exactly, crazy. yeah. So that it 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 makes you look foolish. It makes you look like that man on the street corner calling out prophecies. Yeah, or just talking to somebody that you can't see. You're the store, crazy storyteller, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're not the crazy story. We have to all now remember that we are all telling our stories to to assist others, to assist also the young coming through the seeds. So it's really important, and it's shows like these are invaluable. This is the new abundance. These shows are the new abundance. People will be drawn to these shows for your frequency. I think the most powerful thing that you said was about the washing machine. And I just want to touch on that for a moment because, again, I, I swing it back to my best friend. She sent me a text and said, my washing machine has broken. And she said... It has been broken for the past two weeks and I'm just being spacious. I'm just letting what's happened happen. And I know she's going to listen to this show. So I just want to just put a pin there so that that she recognizes, which I'm sure she will, and remembers that it's for her just to take this moment to absorb the energy of what's happening around her right now and that it's not necessarily a bad thing just to to be spacious and understand that this is part of the process. Hunter, I love you for saying this because now, <laughs> now, okay, now we become practitioners. So now you have been uh, a shaman. You've noticed a sign from the washing machine. You've heard my words and it's triggered you. So now your moment collecting. So now your inner, your innerness is working. So you've got a trigger going off here and a trigger going off here. So now we connect the two. So now you can share this story with your friend. Maybe it's the washing machine talking to you. So it's electrical, it's water, it's cleansing. Maybe she needs to do a cleansing offering to the water, to the universe. It can be simple. It could be putting a stone at the water's edge or making a little tower it could be blessing the water when you drink it it could be um, going down to a dam and blessing the water in the dam or a water tank or even a water bottle something to do with water and electricity it's it's an energy thing just maybe just maybe she could practice that and then see what unfolds if see if the washing machine either breaks and she gets a new one or the man comes out and repairs it or it just automatically fixes itself. And and I, I tell people 
go and practice this stuff. You're meant, they practice, it's a craft. You practice it each day. You practice, you practice, you practice it. It's not, oh, it was only on that day of the solstice. It's a daily right. practice. Yeah. And uh, it would be interesting to, I would love to hear, you have to email me if something. I will. If she sure. does do it and something happens because I, I get such a buzz out of hearing it. <laughs> because you, it. Yeah. You always hear, you'll never guess what just happened. <laughs> Come on, tell me, spill the beans. <laughs> well, speaking of which, uh, we want to be cognizant of your time and, and also thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and, and chat with us about all these amazing things that have happened in your life. And not only because they're amazing to, to listen to, but it just also opens up the idea and the concept that this is possible for anybody. I mean, we can all go through these things. We can all, they're not special powers. They're something that everybody, is accessible to everybody, every one of us. And you're just the the sign of the potential. Your family is the sign of what is possible. So I thank you for, for serving that purpose for us and for our listening audience. Thank you for having me with my first male and female <laughs> interview. <laughs> we would very... love to speak to Richard too sometime yeah. to have both yes. of you on. It would be great. Your kids, anybody, anybody in your family. Yeah. 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 Well, they, they're all kind of, we're all kind of shy. So again, we're behind the scenes and they're all quite shocked that I'm doing it. So <laughs> I'm shocked I'm doing it. You're the, you're the brave one. <laughs> well, maybe tell people who are listening uh, where they can find uh, your work and all the stuff that you have on the different social media outlets. We have a website called spinbeings.com. We're on a lot of platforms, but as my kids keep telling me, there's more that I'm not on uh, and there's more growing every day. So some, exactly, yeah, I just feel like I've got it completed and then there's another platform. So I hear you. Uh, we're on Telegraph, tele, um, tick, we're just on TikTok, uh, Instagram. Instagram, you get to see our photographer work and uh, the before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool. On the we we have we we have hundreds of being photos drawings that the girls have drawn. Mm. Uh, we have an oracle card set ready to go, but we're just sort of getting our way through it step by step. Um, it's all there, ready to feed out. For some reason, we have been put a little bit on hold with the oracle cards, and I'm wondering whether. It's the energy of the beings not quite ready to come out yet. Uh, we have been told that sometimes uh, you have to wait a little bit longer for everything else to catch up, not just, yeah. So, uh, again, alignment. So we don't force it. We just wait for it to unfold. Uh, but you can. people are still contacting us through email, uh, but, again, we don't know. We honestly don't know where this is going. We had not planned this. This is not our <laughs> career plan <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, so we just uh, share our information out. Sometimes we get asked, we got asked to be in a Q&A where we had like 50 or so people mm -hmm. asking questions. That was different. Mm -hmm. 
uh, we do uh, people come and want a one-on-one with us and we do offer that uh, they ask what do you do in that one-on-one and I say I actually can't tell you because I don't know what beings will present or what your inner child will say so I can't predict that but I most people find them very beneficial the 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 one-on-ones um, and that's where we're at at the moment so we will see what happens we we're told that tw- from now till 2025 act in your highest good mm. because if it's not it's going to dissolve quite rapidly at a dramatic pace and if you're not ready for it you you will be you'll have to be because it's it's it will it's rapid from now to the 2025 it's it's like you know that scene where Get Smart walks through and all those doors shut behind him? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what the, the sound I keep getting is the doors shutting on that. That's going to close. That's closing. That's closing. And they want to turn back to go into that room and you can't go in there anymore. It's over. It's tired. It's dirty. It's gluggy. Mm. It's dull. It's that realms are, those moments are over. You have to find the new ways. I think we've definitely been experiencing the birthing pains as of late, especially. So I think if we just see that as a sign to catapult us into a whole different realm, um, I think that would be the most positive we can, we can make out of all this chaos that's been happening, turn it transmuted into something that's, you know, for the greater good. Yeah. Well, we, we call it reversing the spin. Hmm. Yeah, we and didn't. the birds are starting to live on all those EMF towers. Yeah, I've noticed and that. They've the spins reversing. They mm. they've found a way. They've found the new way, and that's what we have to. The Chernobyl, Chernobyl wolves, like you just have to look at the forest growing back where yeah. they said that it was a wasteland and nothing exactly. would ever grow there. Mm-hmm. It's the most amazing place to look at now. It's. And it's been left alone. No human mm-hmm. intervention either. Yeah. No environmentalists, no land care, no animal welfare. It's just been left alone to reheal, recalibrate, reverse the spin of that area. Mm. And we can do that. I almost sent just you a video of wolves. That's really amazing that you said that. This morning I, I have this video of wolves walking through a forest like in a pack that was caught like on a deer blind or a deer camera in the forest. And it's such a beautiful film. It's maybe 10 to 15 seconds of it, but it's absolutely beautiful. I'll send it to you so you can see. Oh, thank you. That'd be a good band name, the Chernobyl Wolves. <laughs> well, what it sounds like a band name. Yeah. It does. This has been such an honor and such a blessing yes. to meet you. And yes. thank you. Thank your family for us. We are so just privileged to speak to you and we look forward to another conversation sometime soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Elsa. Thank you guys. Yes. It's been fun. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we'll let you know when this goes live Christmas Eve. Thank you so much. Yes. Christmas. (laughs) It's my present. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Take care. We'll we'll talk soon. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Our humble apologies for not including the usual after babble after the show, but this whole thing kind of just fell together very spontaneously. 
I believe I heard Elsa on Forbidden Knowledge News uh, last Saturday. Contacted her immediately because I knew that I wanted to have a conversation with her and I knew Hunter would be into it too. She immediately got back to us and within two days we recorded the episode. During the episode is when I found out that her and her family first came out to the public with their story uh, in on Christmas Eve of last year. And so that time was just coming up, really, literally tomorrow, the day after I'm recording this. And I thought, what better time to release it than on the year anniversary of them uh, sharing with the world this incredible series of events that uh, her and her family have been experiencing for not only the last 10 years, but experiences that led up to those experiences basically all of her life. So it was all very fortuitous by chance, I think not, but it fell together fantastically. I hope that you enjoyed the show. If you have any suggestions for guests or casserole recipes, praise, or criticism, you can always send them to the Melt Podcast at protonmail.com, or you can send them to Hunter at hunter-muse at protonmail.com. Uh, and yeah, as usual, we thank you all so, so very much for listening. You're very, very much appreciated. I hope you gleaned something positive from this episode and Merry Christmas or whatever holiday it is that you celebrate during this time of year. Christmas is mine. Not a Christian, but I have loved Christmas ever since I was a child. And since then, it's just been sort of a sentimental fetish to me, but in the best of ways. So Merry Christmas to you all, and uh, yeah, look forward to much more fantastic melt stuff in the coming year. Ta-ta! Ta-ta!